Well, I was at the Everton game, and you, you actually looked at that team and thought, I don't know, they're gonna, they could get in the top four. I think they'll need a miracle. And all of a sudden, you've seen it change around, and we haven't even seen Gareth Bale yet. You think Bale, Son, and Kane? Jane, if you ask me honestly, I think they'll make top four. I think they could even win the league this year. I know people are going to think I'm crazy. I look at that squad. I'm telling you, that is some squad they've got. They've got that team. Have a look at the squad. Have a look at that forward line. Sun, Harry Kane, Bow. Bow, bow, bow. Hello, welcome to the N17 podcast. Tonight, I'm joined by Eddie's coming to us from, from space by the looks of things. Yeah, man, I've got my space helmet in it because we're out of the stratosphere. <laughs> and also, I'm joined by Jed. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. And we're doing a little Friday pod tonight. I think this might be the first time we've recorded on a Friday. I've got my drink of choice. I've got a nice glass of red wine. Eddie's got a Lucasade. Lucas Aid original. Lucas Aid original. Because it's original over orange every day. And we were saying, me and Jeb were saying, like, how can you drink Lucas Aid original when you're not ill? Like, I just associate that with, with being ill, man. Like, It's not the one. I can't drink that calmly. I don't know. No, it's nice. Well, we'll say, I'm, I was saying it's nice, but it's changed so much. I don't remember it tasting so so watered down and nothing really. When was the last I'd time you be, had the Lucas? I'd, I'd rather be on the Vino. It's not too late to join. It's not too late to join. <laughs> I think yeah, I'm know. on. I think I'm on the the El Diablo, which is Jeez. that's Jeez. Shout, shout out to Ed Woodward. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of the many corporate tie-ins. Um, but yeah, talking of which, obviously we're, we're a bit late to the party with this, uh, recording on a Friday. We've had a week to sort of, you know, bask in this. How's your week been, boys, as a Spurs fan? I've, I've heard so many stories, like my my mum was saying when she went, she was like on a Zoom call for her work in a meeting. And then like, they were just literally talking about football. The, like her manager was like a, or like her supervisor was a Man United fan. My guy was just fuming. He was just angry. <laughs> just upset, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, yeah, and my dad was just like, yeah, someone at work was just like, who do you support? Who do you support? And then my dad's like, not Man United. <laughs> um, or Liverpool. Yeah, everyone, everyone seems to be shocked. And it feels good to be on the other end of that, to be honest. Very, very nice. Mm. Has, it, has it made you more optimistic for the season as a whole? Because I can't lie, like... I think of that performance and then I just see training pictures of Bale and I just think, where can this go, man? Like, I, I'm I'm gassed. I'm dangerously gassed. Jed, what, yeah, man. how are you feeling? Um, <laughs> I'm in the same boat, to be honest. Uh, something I didn't actually think I was ever going to feel. And I said after, I said after the game, I was like, I don't, I, I don't want to play the victory down too much because it's, it's an incredible win and a win that I could never see coming in a million years. But, all these big results have come with caveats that there's been shit defences or like United had a player sent off, which didn't change the game, by the way, because we were on top. Mm. But I think you've got to look at it in the sense that like going forward and attacking, we actually look look to have some sort of structure and some sort of plan now. Whereas even if you go as far, not even as far back, but go back to the Everton game, we just look hopeless. And now it just seems like everything's clicking and everything's in place. And, um, yeah, um, I, I don't want to say it, but I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking title challenge. Oh, I mean, <laughs> but it, it depends. It depends if the league's going to be as crazy as it is, or as we've seen it. Then who knows? Literally, 
it, it could go to anyone. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, I should have mentioned it before. I feel like I'm going to do a little uh, Harry Redknapp remix, you know, that that <laughs> introduction on the, on the Mick McCarthy <laughs> uh, episode has just wet my appetite and I feel like mm. I'm going to jump on Fruity Loops. I'm going to do a little Red Nut <laughs> remix for, for the intro oh, for this. Because I can't lie, Jamie Redknapp was representing, for me, the status quo of sports punditry. And he was Thank like, you. he was like pussyfooting around saying, oh, you know, Spurs have got a, a, a good squad. And then Redknapp, his dad, obviously, <laughs> it's just like, it, it reminded me of that clip when he says to that guy... Frankie. Yeah, yeah, at a Frank Lampard press conference when that (laughs) guy's like, "Ah, why isn't Freddie Buckets playing in midfield or whatever the hell that guy was called? And then then Redknapp's just like, Frank Lampard is going right to the very top of football. And it reminded me of that so much. When he started listing the squad, when he was like, oh, they got the depth, they got Kane, Son, Bale... Region and he, you could just tell that Redknapp was just going fully coys and like in that moment I fell back in love with Redknapp and I you know that's something I didn't expect to ever happen in my life because yeah the way it ended I was very anti Redknapp by the by the time bro, he, he he was doing that like while. he was he was brocking it for England bro he was bare <laughs> for England <laughs> he, he bro, it's not like it was Real Madrid literally twerking for England but when when huh? when he eventually left and even didn't even get a job didn't even get the job not only was he twerking for england he was also nearly got imprisoned in the same month <laughs> he was literally a, a trial away from going to jail and we still <laughs> stuck by him and then he starts twerking for england it's outrageous i don't want to get into it but now he's fully coised so I, I forgive him um but yeah let's get into that game itself 6-1 you know for me this is dreamland because this is a team that I'm on the record of, of quite being vehemently against, vehemently anti-United, you know, so this Man, is absolutely... Your anti-United agenda is crazy. It is, it it's, is. You know, it's, it's levels, it's levels. Um, but what do we think 30 seconds in when they get awarded that penalty? Because for me, my stream, um, like, completely messed up. I think I was on... Either Ronaldo Seven, Total Sportex, Soccer Streams One Hundred. Why am I sh- why am I baiting them? I'll, I'll bleep that. I'll bleep that <laughs> yeah, in the edit. Bleep, 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 bleep. Yeah, <laughs> we need those, especially that fifteen pound pay per view. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we need, my we need god! That. We need that. Oh my exactly. god! <laughs> but literally, my stream went down as soon as they kicked off, and all I see in the chat. By the way, who writes in those stream chats? You've got to be a lonely person. To- <laughs> to write in that stream chat but they all started I, I going always think, i always think this like how are there so many people chatting in them wash chat i don't get it I don't, and it's so it weird to me day, every, from that like 12 from the kickoff like the midday kickoff until the the 7 p.m kickoff and it's it's always there's always a race war in there always bro it's, it's always like country versus country race war and Someone's what, what player is a fraud that's all the chat ever is but are you they not st- maximizing the are you not maximizing the screen and just cutting the chat off completely? No, 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 I do, but like when I have to refresh the stream, that's oh, when I, right, right, I right, see right. all that stuff. And I and then so basically when I refresh the stream, I see them all going penalty united, and then they start going Padandes 1-0. And I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm like, nah, this is trolling. Like the game has literally just kicked <laughs> off. Like, this must be trolling. <laughs> and then eventually I refresh the stream, enlarge it. And I was like to my dad, I was like, P 
people in the chat are saying that, that it's 1-0 United and they've got a pen. And then I was like, no, nah, surely not. Enlarge the screen and I see Fernandez getting ready to take the pen. And I just looked at my dad. He looked back at me. And in our eyes was the pain of being fucked over <laughs> by Pedro Mendes, by Lewis Nanny, yeah. by Mark Clattenburg, by Sir Alex Ferguson. I just thought it was happening again in that moment. I don't, I don't know what you guys made of it. I Cosmo, it's mad how we had pretty much exactly the same uh, experience because I didn't see the penalty um, conceded like in real time. Mm-hmm. I I, ref- I either refresh the screen or open the open the stream just as um, Fernandez was lining up to take the penalty. I was thinking, right. It's only 36 seconds on the clock. <laughs> I was thinking, what's going on? I was thinking, do you know what? I thought, I thought, nah, we've we've actually been we've actually been done. Like, I bet it's a I bet it's a horrible VAR decision. And I was thinking, you know what? They they wouldn't have got to that decision so quickly. So it yeah. must have been like a clear pen. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you saw that. Yeah, just kind of horrible tackle from from Sanchez, which just didn't need to do. Um, and yeah, it was that sinking feeling. It was that sinking feeling. I was just like going into game. I was I was like cautiously optimistic. I, I thought that the game was open for anyone to 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 win. And God, like yeah, it just felt sick when 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 he scored that penalty. Yeah, that's that's a. To be fair, that's probably exactly my reaction as well. Alongside that, Milan Skriniar should be on a fucking plane. Right away, yeah, um, I, yeah. It was literally that going into the game. I was thinking, like, yeah, that we could actually get a result here, especially after the week that we had had, um, getting that massive result against Chelsea, uh, getting it, getting a big win against Maccabi Haifa, um, and yeah, I was just going into it. I was really optimistic and actually thought we could do them, and yeah, that happens, and it's we we couldn't we can't even really complain. It's it's a it's a crazy challenge from Sanchez and so clumsy. <laughs> and like, I feel like I'm getting to a point with Sanchez now where like I'm beginning to lose patience because he's, what's this, his third, third season? Is he his third or fourth season? Oh, no, surely it's more than that. He, I think he started it, when, when we had that kit with the, with the shield on our... So it's, it could be season. the beginning of... I think it might, be, it might even be the beginning of his fourth. Um, yeah. I think he's had three like, seasons with us already. And like, mm. he's just, I just think he's incredibly inconsistent and he's still making these errors when, like, fair enough, like, we, we want to trust in him. We want to give him time to get these er- errors out of his game. But like, we paid a big fee for him. And um, yeah, it's a lot of money for a centre-back as on, well. On his day, he, he can be he can be amazing, but he, he has his flaws. And I think sometimes too often so yeah too often he makes makes some costly mistakes I must admit I thought the, the haircut had fixed him once he got rid of her <laughs> the crazy haircut did crazy. lean into that didn't it yeah I, I thought that was part of it and then he got a, a serious haircut you know like proper shape up yeah that London he got the London look the yeah London yeah look. he's been down probably with barbers that. ENT <laughs> yeah. I, I thought he wasn't here to mess about anymore but no, I, I rate Sanchez. I think he does get into our strongest eleven. I think Alderweireld and and Sanchez should be our uh, starting centre backs. But obviously, there's a Mourinho clause where 
Dyer has to start, um, weirdly. Well, he's been our most consistent centre-back since Mourinho's come in. I still think uh, Alvaro's the best, surely. I think it's also because Dyer's probably the, comf- the comfiest player on the left. That's, Whereas, yeah, like, that's a good point. Sanchez and to- Sanchez especially does not look comfortable on the left. Toby, Toby's fine, but I think to utilise him properly, like like that piece you sent in, Cosmo, having having someone to play on the left side who's like fairly comfortable with their left foot is quite essential if they're not actually left-footed. And I think out of all our centre-backs, um, Dyer's probably the best for that. So I think that's that could be a reason why he's in there as well, aside with him obviously being um, a proper Jose-type player and growing up in Portugal. Mm. Right, so let's talk turning it around, getting the equaliser. Um, on the running order, I've just written the Lamella effect, which I think is probably the perfect way to to describe it because um yeah just before we came on air i watched back the highlights of match today and lamella's just running like a man possessed as he so often does yeah arms everywhere high press um one thing i wanted to mention and i'd be interested to get interested to get your guys perspectives on it is that um i don't know if you guys listen to stadio uh the podcast with musa kwanga and brian hunt really good um unless listeners should check it out obviously not at the expense of listening mm. to n17 podcast every week but give it a listen um it's probably my favorite podcast to be fair football, yeah, football podcast anyway yeah it's excellent like yeah it's mm. just a great podcast but um yeah jed i don't know if, if i'll come to you first like did you hear musa say that he thought lamella was so integral to tottenham that he wouldn't drop him for gareth bale um I like <laughs> I love I think he's he's honestly he's one of the best writers not just about <laughs> football just in general um mm. he's he's an absolute wordsmith a poet of our times but I thought he was <laughs> kind of doing the most there <laughs> I thought it was a bit of an outrageous properly, statement probably he's working for Lamella bro <laughs> but Lamella was gr- Lamella was great though I, I'm not disagreeing with that but um yeah, what, what what did you make of Lamella's performance? And is he undroppable, Jed? Um, yeah, well, I think in terms of what he was saying, I think like that probably the two biggest moments came in that game from Lamella um, to get straight back into the game after he'd conceded so early. He was the one causing havoc in the box, forcing Maguire to drag his own player to the ground. Um, <laughs> And then yeah, to get us that get us the equaliser so quick quick after we conceded. And then of course you got the incident from the corner. Um and you know what? I couldn't give a flying fuck. United have had so much bullshit go against oh, us, yeah. like you've mentioned before. Mm, and absolutely. Would I be pissed off if it happened against us? Yeah, I would. But it's United. I really don't give a fuck. They've had their fair share of luck against us and in the past season. Like Even we the past week they got penalty. After yeah. half t- after full time, so exactly. So like, for me, honestly, I couldn't I couldn't care less. I think, I I although I do think that it was probably a bit soft and Martial shouldn't have gone. Um, people were saying both players shouldn't have gone. I don't think I don't think I don't either, think of, them either of them should have gone. gone. To be honest, I don't I don't think although Lamella's looks bad, I don't think he intentionally elbows him. I think he goes to push him and then accidentally catches him with his elbow. Mm. Martial's is I can. Martial's obviously going to get annoyed and taps him in the face. You can't do that. And I can see why they've sent him off. But 
it's soft and I don't think either of them should have gone. Not that Lamella did, but people are saying they both deserve to go and I don't think that's the case. Never. I think from Lamella though to yeah. <laughs> go yeah. down over that. Like yeah. that's the thing. It's... That's the thing because because if you're gonna talk about the the difference between what Martial does and what Lamella does, if Martial goes down after Lamella pushes him, Lamella gets sent off. Hmm. But Lamella goes down due to petulance because because if Martial did nothing, nothing's gonna be made of that incident at all. But Martial taps on the face out of petulance and Lamella takes that as an opportunity to go down. And that's genuinely, that's how you play when you're, when you're being uh, what it, Jose likes to call an intelligent fill in the blank. So I think, you know, you have to be, you have to be clever in that, in that situation. And I'm so, what Graham Sooner said, um, at half time uh, about the Lamella incident is it's total rubbish because English players do that. And so he was talking about um, where this kind of like kind of the history of going down for, for, for stuff like that. English players do that. Everyone does that. Now that's part of the game, whether you like it or not. And you have to be clever in those situations. Otherwise you're going to be the one on the, on the back of uh, a decision like that. So I think what Lamella does is, supremely clever it's terrible for the opposition brilliant for us and i think those are the, those are the like moments in in games where like you can win a game it's by being clever and yeah apart aside from that and the fact that he got his customary yellow card like he was genuinely terrific like he's always going to give you 100% i don't think any fan doesn't think that he's always going to give you 100% it's just that that extra bit of quality, if that extra bit of quality is part of his game on the day, then like he is a really, really important cog in the type of game that we're playing. Like in those, in those bitty games, in those, in those games where you, where, where they're going to be breaks. Like he's good for those games. I don't think he's good when we have a lot of time on the ball. Um, And I think, yeah, he was just terrific on the weekend for me. Yeah, I think if he was a yard quicker, we'd be talking about a completely different class of player because he is really skillful. But um, you just get a feeling like he can beat a man and then they'll just catch him up again. Um, yeah. So he's he's curious in that way. But yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's textbook Lamella. And um, we've seen him do it before. I'm sure he'll do it again. Um, yeah, I love it. I love the guy. Absolute cult legend. But um, yeah, let's come to, let's come to the 3-1. The and I'm kind of doing doing this by by themes almost in terms of the running order. So yeah, it's time to to come onto the Son and Kane uh, partnership. Um, and I've just put this little stat up there. Uh, since Jose took charge, Kane has 30 goals or assists, the most of any player in the Premier League. Son has 28 goals or assists, the second most of any player in the Premier League. Um, it's unbelievable. The quick thinking from Kane on that free kick. Um, just brilliant and and the chip from son as well i mean that's almost mm. been overlooked mm. um but yeah just brilliant all round and i feel like i said this perhaps last week or two weeks two pods ago i'm not sure but i said that kane is at least aesthetically probably the best he's ever been at tottenham hotspur in terms of just being a pleasure to watch are we perhaps getting to the point where he's on his best form 
of his life. Do you guys think? Uh, I am. When I was reading the running order, I had this very, very quick thought, which I did want to expand on. Um, I think, in terms of his individual form, he's been at a higher peak at a different point in his Spurs career. I think individually, I'm talking about just as a striker, pure goals. Like there have been times in his career where, like, you wouldn't even bet against him to score at least two every game. Like you'd be expecting him to score at least one, but you know he was scoring two braces and hat tricks like every other week. Um, so I think that 2015-2016 period or 2016-2017, before he started getting the consistent um, injuries, like. That as an individual striker, that was a form of his life. I don't think he's ever going to reach that in terms of like goal output. In terms of his position as a team in in the in the Spurs team and in the Spurs like makeup, yeah, I agree. I think this is probably the the best he's ever been for the team um, because he's not only scoring goals, um, which can you know can be an individual in, endeavor. If you look at Aubameyang being like top goal scorer, but Arsenal being in the position where they were, they finished eighth last season. Before that, they finished outside the top four, but it was a top goal scorer. So what does that do? There's nothing for your club if it's an individual effort. So I think for the team, he's, yeah, hitting the form of his career. Um, just the creativity, the selflessness, and and he's scoring goals. He hasn't sacrificed the goal output. It's a little bit less, but he's also creating more. So you're not sacrificing in terms of goal output for the team. It's just the individual aspects that he's probably, um, that's probably taken just a, a minor hit. Um, yeah, Jeds, what do you think? And, and Son as well. Like, uh, do you think Son's on the best form he's been he's been on? Or the thing is with Son, like, I feel like he's quite he's generally just quite consistent. Like, I think the only thing with him is. I, I just called him consistent, but I feel like if he could keep his like good runs of form up across the whole season, that's that's how he will uh, improve. Because I feel like he's consistent in the sense that every single season you can rely on him to have a good run of gate or a few um, periods where he's like unplayable, maybe two or three per season. Yes. But then there will be six to eight games where he recharges and is maybe not so good. But if he could just like get rid of those games uh, in between where he's like not banging in the goals, I feel like he, he might be at his best potentially. Yeah. I think that usually, that usually coincides with when Spurs as a team aren't playing as well though. Um, I think that's, that's when he's usually not on form and well, in the, in seasons past past gone, when Kane's been out injured, he's he's been the guy to step up, and he's he's really been the one to drag us through the mud. Um, but yeah, I think in this in terms of this season now, like you can see that it's it's basically like telepathic with Son and Kane now. Like, like I think I think Son said in the interview that um, he he started to run because he he just knew Kane was gonna gonna get his head up and play the pass for the second goal. And um I think that 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 goes to show their relationship as well. Um playing with each other so much over the over the past few years, him seeing how Kane's game game has the de- game has developed now, um knowing what run- runs to make, 
knowing when he's going to drop deep and when he has to go in behind. Um, yeah, it's it's at the moment it's incredible to watch. I think if Son doesn't make that run, that th- that's what I mean in terms of the the. That's what I mean in terms of like Kane's output, and the, you're talking about the relationship with um, Son and Kane. Son, if that if Son doesn't make that run like a yard, if if he doesn't make if he makes that a run a yard later, the hair reaches the ball. Bai comes across or Shaw comes across and cut cuts cuts it out. It's it, Son goes straight away. Mm. So so Kane has every opportunity to play that ball and it's an incredible finish. I think, yeah, like you said, Cosmo, it's overlooked almost because of the fact that like it was so quick and so intuitive between the two. But Son still has a lot to do. Like, does he go underneath the keeper? Does he try to go between the legs? In the end, he dinks it. It's a delightful, delightful finish. Um, it was just a joy to watch. And that's when, in my opinion, you're in dreamland. 3-1 up after going 1-0 down. United don't look like they're posing any kind of like consistent threat. They're not defending well. And mm. they've they've lost their now man down. And you're thinking, we can score a few more. Definitely. Um, and I think, I mean, we will go on to it later. And I think the, it, it, a lot of people talk about how bad United's were. But in order for a team to score that many goals, in order for a team to look that good, they have to have quality. Mm. So, it, so you have to look at the balance between how good we were and how bad United were. And I think there's a lot of things that we can take away from that game. And be like, we haven't done that this season yet, or we haven't done we did, we haven't done that at all yet under Mourinho. So yeah, in terms of the burgeoning uh, partnership with Son and Kane, it's it's really exciting. And I know enough people have mentioned this, but put Bell into the mixer and potentially, you know, you have a you have a a title challenge in front three. Mm, really quick, because I think we're running out of a uh, Zoom time for part one. But um, Jed, do you think Mourinho has maybe changed the way that he's setting up a little bit uh, to be a bit more attacking in general, a bit more high press? Um, I heard it said on on the Guardian Football Weekly podcast that perhaps Mourinho's seen these mad high scoring games, um, seeing how Bielsa's playing, and uh, said, "All right, let's let's press high, let's forget." The, the defensive side of the game a bit more. Um, Got to be honest, I think that was probably in line with with the people in there just generally being like anti-Mourinho, not wanting to give him credit for like his own ideas and his own coaching. Like, but of course, yeah, it was, yeah. Of course, <laughs> like, of course, if Tottenham are scoring goals, then it must be because he's inspired by someone else. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the way I, I, I saw it. But do you think maybe we've, at least changed a bit in the way we set up? Um, definitely. I think in terms of both attacking and defensively, I think um, at the moment when we're defending from the front, we're picking and choosing our moments to press. We're not exactly going all all guns blazing and pressing for the whole first half like we would do on the pitch. Um, we, we're picking our moments. And as you saw for the third goal, we did exactly that. But Eric Baez on the ball. Um, we block off all the options for him. He he has no other option but to play it to, I think it was Matic who is on the edge of his box, but has Endon Bele chasing behind him. 
he plays it and Dombele doesn't get to it, but Kane slides it, slides in, gets it. And then all of a sudden we've got five players in the box already. Um, and I think that's, that's, it's definitely a more effective way of, of playing and, and pressing because really, I don't, I don't think we have, we have the legs or the energy to press for a, a whole game. So I think that's something Jose's looked at and um, said, all right, at these in these scenarios, we'll press them high, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I think it's I think it's working well for us at the moment because we did it in the Chelsea game as well in midweek. Um, mm. We come out, press them, press them a lot higher, a lot higher, not constantly, but again in certain moments. So yeah, it's a I think it's a really effective way of playing, and it's conserving our energy for when we we get into those those attacking moments. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I can see there's less than a minute left on the on the Zoom call, so let's just let's go to a break quickly. Cool. See you guys on the other side. Welcome back to part two, um, Jed. As you were talking about the third goal and, and the press uh, to win the ball, um, I was thinking a couple of things. One, I was thinking that that press was as good as like any press that I've seen us do on the porch, and uh, I don't know that might be a bit far, but. That's that's how I felt. Like winning it in the area was was crazy, but two, what made me laugh was Sky Sports almost missed the goal because they were still crying over um, analyzing yeah. the red card. <laughs> it was yeah. just so ridiculous. Like then Martin Tyler was like, "Let's try and see that red card again, so we can get to the bottom of it." They'd already viewed it about four or five times. They wanted to see it again just so that they could, you know lubricate themselves with their own tears a little bit more <laughs> but, um, so I actually didn't see that the full all, all of a sudden the ball was just in the net like it just came to Kane and it was in the net but it was yeah. a beautiful pressing move it was I don't know yeah like I was saying off air I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever witnessed um, Spurs winning it essentially in the United box and what was so just gorgeous about it for me it was like it was very slick. We knew exactly what we wanted to see when we got the ball. We won it. And so so we Kane wins it on, on the edge of the box. I think Hoybier passes it to um uh to Ndombele. Ndombele turns, passes it to Son, and Kane's already back in the box to finish it off. It was it was it was deadly. Like and what happens when you win it on the edge of the box is that you have one or two. One of two things happens: either it all happens too quickly, and the, and the opposition regains the ball, or when you have that amount of you know that amount of teammates pressing with you, it's very easy to move the ball and 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 make something out of it. So, yeah, it was it was it was an enjoyable third goal to be honest because it was executed perfectly. Just like Jed said, we picked our moment and we picked it well. Yeah, I'm relating to what you were saying, Eddie. It's a perfect example of what Klopp said a few years ago when he was like explaining the Gagan press, when he said that when you press efficiently, um, the press can create as good a chance as uh, like the the best number ten in the world can create. Because yeah, as you said, you're just going to have so many players in forward positions. It's just a case of making like five yard passes, but. Um, it was still absolutely beautiful to watch. Um, but yeah, in terms of the fourth goal, which was an Aurier cross for Son, another unbelievable finish, which is overlooked. Double nutmeg. Uh, Aurier nutmegs Maguire on the cross. 
and Son not makes the keeper as well. Um, but yeah, I want to reference the uh, the pod which we released last week um, when I said that Aurier was pushing Doherty for a start. And uh, oh, I was, I was, I was, I was pushing that narrative as well. No, you were. Yeah, to be fair, <laughs> you've always pushed the the Aurier narrative hard. So I'll give you that. But Even um, if Glenn don't want to hear it. Yeah, Glenn didn't want to hear it at all. <laughs> but he was absolutely livid when I brought that up. <laughs> but but he played so well against Chelsea. Yeah, he was yeah, he he, for me he was man of the match against Chelsea and he I mean, we had so many great players uh against United that it was hard to pick man of the match, but I think Aurier was he was right up there. Probably I don't know if that was better than Chelsea, it's probably equal. Um I heard some people say they thought it was his best performance in a Spurs shirt. But um I think one of the reasons Aurier could nail down a starting berth in this in this lineup is if you think back to last season when we had Davis sort of slotting back into a back three um in his like conventional left back position and Aurier was forced to be like basically a right midfielder, that's quite predictable. That's quite easy to defend against. Whereas now we have Regulon and Aurier on each flank. It's hard to just like double mark Aurier because you know Davis isn't going to get forward because now the switch is on like if you're if you're a centre mid if you're Hoybier for example you can pass it out to either Aurier or Regulon knowing that they're both going to get to the edge of the opposition box and um, potentially create a chance to score but um, yeah what one what did you guys think of the position uh, the uh, Aurier's performance and two um, yeah what did you think of the lead up uh, to his to his goal, which was the fifth, which was some unbelievable one touch football. Honestly, it was incredible. I literally, I I applauded it. I said it in the chat. I literally applauded it because it, it was it was the whole move. Um, I think it was it might have been a Sissoko switch to Regulon, and then I think he might. I, I can't remember it from there. He might have cut it back, and then we we done a few little passes. But the pass from Hoybier is unbelievable. Um, I know Pogba might have made it a little bit easier, easy for him by not, not tracking the wrong properly. But the gap he has to get in to get that, to, to get that literally into Aurier's path, it, it's honestly incredible. And I think that's why I was, I was applauding that pass more than maybe the move altogether. Um, but yeah, like, like, like Eddie said for the third, it was just slick, and everyone knew where they were su- supposed to be. Like Aurier was making that run already because. He knew Hoybier was going to spot that and going to put it on the plate for him. And yeah, man, it's, it's just, it's so good to see us playing football like that. If you think about where we were five, six months ago, it's, it's honestly so joyful to watch. I think um, what makes it so, um, what makes it so, feel so good is because, you know, it's, it's a, it's the, um, it's a result of us buying in positions where we need competition and we need and we need reinforcements. Aurier, as well as Davies, um, but especially Aurier had that position absolutely nailed down last season because there was no competition. Like who else are we gonna pay at right right wing back? Um we literally had nobody. So Docacy coming in, um and yeah, he he's actually, you know. Obviously, he's transitioning from a right wing back to a full back. Um, so, you know, there there is going to be some some early kind of 
early nerves, um, especially because it's not a position that he's he's played in regularly for the last three seasons. Um, but you know, since um, Doherty's come in, whenever Ore's had his chance, he's been brilliant. He's executed his role perfectly, and the fact that we now have a balanced um, formation in terms of now um, either Winks or um, um, Hoybier can now drop between the centre-backs and we're not having to play a back three of uh, full-back, centre-back, centre-back. We're actually splitting the centre-backs. Hoybier is dropping into the back three and we're allowing our both full-backs to go forward. That's where we're most comfortable. That's where we were um, at the best of times when, when you know, we're talking about four years ago, um, it was dire dropping between the full-backs of Vertonghen and, and, and Alderweireld and Walker and, and Rose going high up the pitch. It means that, A, we can press higher with both both fullbacks pressing their fullbacks. We can then, we, that means that we can then pack the midfield with three midfielders in there. We're talking about uh, Ndombele, Winks and Hoibier, um Ndombele, Winks, and, and then maybe Kane can drop in or one of our wingers can drop in. Lamella likes to come in narrow. It makes the whole pressing game so much easier when we don't have three players um uh, well, we don't have like a fullback um, on on our halfway line, um, so the, in, inadvertently, buying Region and buying Doherty um, has, you know, unleashed Aurier in a way where we can now play with two flying fullbacks um, and playing in in a way that I think best suits him because I I wouldn't say he's you know I don't, I don't think he's horrible at defending. It's not his strong suit, but he's not horrible. Um, but when he's when he was playing so high up the pitch, it was almost as if he wasn't, you know, he wasn't expecting to come back to defend. Um, so it mean it meant that we were a man down in defence. But now he's going back up and down the pitch, and I think he'll still need the defensive cover of the likes of Sissoko and, and Hoybier. But like, I think it's a much more much more comfortable and, and positive thing for Aurier. So yeah, it's competition, which we've we've actually just desperately needed. Um, so I'm really, really happy for him. And I think Doherty will end up being really good for us as well. And I think we have two very, very, very good um, um, options at right back again for the first time in a long time. Yeah, and it's intriguing to me, like what you were saying, Eddie. Like I was thinking um, Aurier was brought in to be Walker's replacement and we've never seen him even get near to the to the quality of Walker since he's come in. But now with Regulon on the other side, like how Rose was with Walker, suddenly, like, it's as if, or, like, I, I think those, those against Chelsea and against United, those were Walker-esque performances. Um, and, you know, it just goes to show that, like, having, like, a world-class fullback on either side, you know, it's as if it, like, it makes a difference, you know, like, rather than having Ben Davis, who let's be honest, like doesn't offer much of an attacking threat, although did get a penalty for the sixth goal. Um, I don't know if anyone assistant. was... Did he get two assists? No, maybe not. No, nah, he got the... Because got the, he, cause he came on and then and won the penalty. I think he might have got an assist against um, Maccabi Haifa. Yeah, maybe. for the first yeah, goal. He, he got two assists. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing. It's, the competition has improved Ben Davis as well. It's just all round like the squad is just looking sharper because of the competition. That's what happens when you buy 
uh, you buy quality because I I, I, necess- I wouldn't necessarily say that um, Hoybier is like a cut above everyone in midfield. It's not about that. It's about the fact that there are now more players playing for those positions, and it means that we have different. We have the ability to change formation. When you have only a few players in the position, you have to stick to the formation that that suits the amount of players in your position. With having you know five or six options in midfield, having four options at fullback, having four options at centre back, now having gen- two genuine strikers up front and four wingers, even five wingers, um, and in terms of that attacking midfield position, you you have a few you can play in that position. Like when you build a squad that can displace other people in the squad rather than just being backups. You want you then create a an atmosphere of improvement. How am I going to nail down my spot? Because I know someone's breathing down my neck. With even even with like players like Lucas last season, he knew that he's going to get picked week in, week out, because he does what Mourinho asks him to do. And he's the only person in that position that does what Mourinho asks him to do. So now that we now and, and then we signed Bergvine, which is a great was a great signing to sign in January. But now we've also signed Bale, also Lamella's fit. So now we've got options where we can change it. You know, Lucas doesn't have to start every game because Bergwijn can compress. I think Bergwijn presses really well. Lamella presses really well. And then you just have the insane quality of someone like Bale, who, if he's fit, is likely to start. It's just a few signings in, in key positions will improve your team vastly. And it's something that we've been screaming for. For, for season upon season upon season. It wasn't that we needed a, a massive rebuild, which it kind of turned out to be now, but we just needed improvement at the time in the right positions to, to, to create competition. It's the reason why uh, in that season we became so close, we can't just burnt out because we were having to play the same players every game. There mm. was no competition. We couldn't, allow players to come in to rest our, you know, our first team, essentially. Yeah. Um, today, I finally caved in. and But not, I say finally caved in. I caved in at the fucking first time it came knocking and uh, bought FIFA 21. Um, <laughs> I knew, I knew it was going to go. I, I was swearing <laughs> that I wasn't going to get it. The day it releases, I go to game like the weakling I am and, and cop it. Um, <laughs> But what, one of the reasons I really wanted to get it was because finally Spurs actually have a different uh, roster, a different squad to what we've had since probably FIFA finally, 16, bro. to be honest. So yeah. I felt like it was slightly justified. But um, yeah, I was doing a career mode where obviously I had to play as Cosmo Tier because you can't pick Jose Mourinho. EA, mm-hmm. you, need to, you need to sort it out. I don't want to I, I don't want to be the reason Jose Mourinho sacked. I don't want to have that guilt. <laughs> I don't want to have to create a virtual manager that's taken over from Jose Mourinho. Um, the guilt was worse with Poch, but I still feel it with Jose. But anyway, <laughs> I was making the, the squad for my for my first friendly and I was looking at the subs and Spurs' strength and depth that is bad. crazy. Bad. You have to leave like four first teamers in the oh, reserves. Yeah. It's so is not touching my bench. Sessium's uh, not touching my bench. Look at that! Uh, I'm doing exactly the same thing as you. <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> now, 
<laughs> not now, but before I, before I came onto the pod, I'm literally doing the exact same thing as you. Same. I played one friendly so far. <laughs> Left. So I came in. Yeah, play I played one friendly minute. as well. Kane didn't play a single minute for me. Oh, I played the first team as well, I wanted to get what, their sharpness up. What you're you're preferring Vinicius over over Kane, yeah? Nah, nah, no, nah. He I doesn't even start at Tottenham. Yeah, he doesn't start. I'm trying to sign. I'm in the process of trying to sign him, but his release clause is like fifty no, million. They um they updated the squads. I start. I literally started at about six o'clock, and the squads. Oh, updated. did they? Oh. I, I didn't run today, and it didn't work. And Vinicius yeah, same, same. Yeah, everything's done well, now. So you have Vinicius, Jed. Ah, Vinicius, Sessegnon, right. Hoffenheim, all that, all of that. Okay, I'm just gonna delete that save and restart it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, only, I was only on it for like him. 20 minutes, so yeah. yeah, it's not that deep. But um, yeah, that's that's the FIFA 21 chat <laughs> <laughs> out of the way. I don't know how much um, yeah. our listeners are gonna get out of that, but yeah, it's it just goes <laughs> to show our our depth is incredible, depth. Yeah. It, it, and it's, it's so not... refreshing for once. Like, I can't remember a Spurs team to have this sort of depth, especially quality and depth as well um yeah it's I'm, I'm really so excited yeah I was saying it um I was having a conversation with my dad and we were saying I think the only other time we've been able to field two 11s was after the the Gareth Bell money with the magnificent seven mm. but the caveat being that it was two 11s of absolute dross mm. so garbage bro yeah I mean you know it could turn out that Gareth Bell has to retire because he's his angles are done or, or or whatever. I don't think it will be. So basically what I'm saying is, is that we're going to have to give it some time to see if this is the best transfer window that we've ever had. Hmm. But um, I don't think people are far off with saying that, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, let's come to something which has been covered on other Spurs podcasts quite a lot, but I'll be interested to get your guys' views on it. Um and that is the way Spurs are covered on the likes of Sky Sports, BT Sport, um, just British sports media in general. In terms of, do you feel do you feel frustrated when you watch Sky Sports and after Spurs have battered Man United six one, all the talk is how crap United are rather than analysing how great Spurs have been? Because for me. It, I think it should annoy me, but these days I expect it. I expect it and I accept it. So I try and stream from abroad. I try and use NBC stream rather than Sky Sports. Like, it's that bad for me. Um, but does it yeah. annoy me anymore? No, I've gotten over it. But, you know, I'm sort of resigned to being pissed off with it. Uh, does it actively annoy you guys? Um, in the In the moment... I was basking in the victory of a you know six one, yeah. Um, but then, like as the even in game, but especially especially at halftime and at full time, like it, I was I was chomping at the bit because I was just like, are they going to even did like? This is what I thought. I was like, you know, someone someone going into uh, just watching the. The um the the reaction to 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 the final score would they even know that Spurs played? Would they even know that Spurs beat United? Or uh, you know, to me, it sounded like United lost six one to like a Crystal Palace. <laughs> to to mm-hmm. like they lost six one to Brighton. 
They are six one to Newcastle. It, it, I um, I was just like, I was just saying, like, I, was, I kept on turning to my dad, and I was just like, are they gonna mention Spurs at all? Um, like, are they gonna mention the fact that we scored? Aurier's goal was brilliant. The third goal, the pressing was brilliant. Son's goal was fantastic. Both Son's goals were terrific. Mm. Nope, we're going to talk about the $80 million fridge. We're going to talk about about Ole. We're going to talk about um, the other $100 million horse at centre midfield. Um, (laughs) We're going to talk about, you know, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, 50 million right back who who's Bambi on skates, like, I don't care. Like, yes, United defended bad. They've also defended bad all season. They've cut, mm. they've they've analysed that to death already. They analysed it against Brighton. They analysed it against Crystal Palace. And now they're doing it again at Spurs without giving Spurs the credit to the fact that we beat them 6-1. It yeah. wasn't 1-0. <laughs> it wasn't 2-1. All right? It wasn't even 2-3. We didn't beat them 3-2. We beat them 6-1. Do you know what's mad? Historical victory. United Jose, have not lost. Yeah. Jo- Jose Mourinho is probably the most famous, the most recognisable manager in the world. They didn't even interview him. Mm. Especially when it's like, this is his old club as well, and everyone knows yeah. he's wanted to get one over on them for a while now. Um, if I'm honest, it, it really don't bother me. It's Sky Sports. I've come to expect it now. And you look at the the pundits that they had on there is fucking Graham Sunes and Patrice Evra. One man lips, one man lips the raw chicken and <laughs> the other is, is blatantly racist every single week. So like, why am I going to get pressed over what they say? Like, I, I can't, I really don't care what they have to say because I don't think they're good pundits. And personally, I don't think anything really, anything they say is of any substance. So, I think the sickness yeah. from from lips and the chicken has finally got Evra. <laughs> oh yeah, he was he lost his shit because in the weekend I've never I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever seen such a meltdown from a pundit in and my life. Was, and that's what I'm saying. It's Sky Sports, like it's almost like something you'd see on Twitter. It's a parody, right. yeah, or yeah, Arsenal, Arsenal fan, fan TV. TV. Yeah, it literally is. And this is like Sky Sports, probably the biggest like football broadcasting. It well in England anyway. Um, so yeah, I I can't really take or listen to anything they say as serious. It made a mockery of of like football punditry, in my opinion. Yeah, it genuinely made a mockery of it because you think about. In fact, I just saw um, a tweet. Um, it was like um, how he started, how how we are now. Like it was about this this girl who was actually like who made like a football. Um, uh, podcast and they're doing really well now. She's actually been interviewed on Sky Sports News. Um, and I'm thinking, yeah, that's like that's that's one aspect. Like the amount of like podcasts of there with brilliant football in minds, hmm. um, people who who analyze the game like beautifully and and can wax lyrical about football, the philosophy, the way teams play. And then I hear Evra saying. Look, uh, you know, buy FIFA 21, sign Messi. Oh, sign that, that annoys me so much. It's actually a joke. And, 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 I, and I think it's pathetic. They're getting paid so much money and he's not putting any effort to analyse the game. It, what annoyed me the most is the amount people, we, the amount that we pay now yeah, for exactly the likes of Sky Sports. For their salaries, 
the refusal to analyze the game because he support he so blatantly supports Manchester United. It's the it's the fact that he refused to analyze the game. Like that's what you're paid for. It's like me going to work and being like, "Nah, Spurs lost, so I'm not going to do my job." <laughs> yeah, do my job. but but this is exactly why I don't pay because the product is not worth the money. This is why I, I stream every game. Like I could choose Sky Sports because um, everyone chooses it because it's the UK service. I choose NBC Sport in America to avoid the bias. Like, for me, that's that says it all. And, you know, I don't even think Patrice Evra is capable of analysis. I think he's just employed basically as an influencer because he, he, yeah. he got loads of clicks yeah. for, for just shouting, I love this game. Um, which, was for me, was never funny. I don't know about you guys, but I never found that that funny. And then it was always the break. It's annoying and abrasive. Like yeah, it was an assault on yeah. the senses, wasn't it? It was. It was an assault on the senses, and he had to go more and more extreme until, as Jed said, he was lips in the raw chicken. So, you know, he. I mean, you might as well get um. What's that guy called? Swaz Jez. What's the guy from the FT? <laughs> Swaz yeah, Swaz Tekers. Swaz Tekers. Just get him on, like. Well, now they've employed um, chunks, which obviously I think he's very likable. But that's where Sky Sports, Sky Sports are at, where like mm. chunks is now doing the Saturday morning show for football. And so, you know, if if that's going to be the yardstick of like football analysis, Rob, why not? Why not have uh, Robbie on on Sky Sports? Why not? Mm. Because that's that's the yardstick. They're trying to appeal to a certain demographic, aren't they? Which is basically football Twitter and mm. um, young kids who, who like that's like those sort of people I mean gone like even even with commentary like literally gone on the days where um, you had the likes of like Andy Townsend Clyde Tilsley you had the likes of even like Alan Green on Radio 5 Live and and, and you know you have to go to like the Premier League um, stream like the, the BN Sports to get um, you know to get the best um, commentary um, gone on those days like oh, I can't even listen to um, the commentary on Sky Sports it, it literally does my nut in like, mm. whether it's Gary Neville whether it's Jamie Carragher uh, I'm not even going to mention the United fan that, that they employ every week um, <laughs> as a main commentator because I can't stand him either mm. so like it's really, really bad. And and the the worst thing is is that fans are like, Oh, it's, it's Sky Sports love of Liverpool, Sky Sports love of Man United. They can't even decide who Sky yeah. Sports love the most. Hmm. But it's not Spurs. It's yeah, it's certainly <laughs> not Spurs. Spurs don't even exist to them. Yeah. But people drink the Kool-Aid all the time. Like the amount of times I see that tweet saying like uh this was the greatest Sky Sports intro. And it's got tiny tempers saying written in the stars. Who cares? <laughs> it's just it's just the intro. Like <laughs> I, I literally see that intro. I feel nothing. I feel nothing when I see that intro. I don't feel nostalgia. I don't feel anything. Written in the stars. Yeah. I, I watch football to watch football. Like I don't need the whole the hype around it. I don't I don't need this like ridiculous introduction. I don't need influencers saying that they want to slap people that, that's not why I watch football <laughs> like it's just it's ridiculous it's so it's so frustrating I think that's the state of 
of like just the just like the main mainstream um, football analysis. Like I remember even match a day. Like I mean now match a day is probably the the best way to get any football analysis because mm. at least they get time to meditate on the games and 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 speak about like Danny Murphy. <laughs> Danny Murphy. I can understand Danny Murphy, but he probably speaks more sense than the rest of the people at Sky Sports now. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think in terms of game analysis, like if they're going to persist in having people who openly support teams as pundits, uh, there's no value out of what they're saying. Because even like you look at what uh, Sunas was saying um after the 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 Aston Villa game, and he was talking about Jack Grealish not being like, can Jack Grealish do it every week? Bro, he's been doing it every week. <laughs> yeah, he's been doing it for like two years. <laughs> him share with us. What do, what do we know about him? <laughs> what do we know about him? <laughs> the guy's English as well, bro. He should know. And, uh, and and that's it. Like that's. I mean, like I said, if that's the yardstick, if that's where we're at in terms of football punditry, like. You know, we we've we know just as much as they do, and they played the game. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, one thing that came into my head is that it's it's like it's not just football. It's like you watch political an- analysis now. It's just all about clicks. It's all about trying to say something outrageous that just gets clipped, um, mm. and then shared around social media. And uh, yeah, it reminds me of. Um, I read this article a few weeks back about this guy who works for talk radio four times in the last month. So once a week, he's pretended to get outraged about reading something in the guardian and calling it woke culture. He's brought scissors into the studio and cut a newspaper up in front of the camera while, while like speaking into speaking directly into the lens. And he's like, this is what I think of woke culture. And he cuts the, the, the newspaper up and then that will get like a hundred thousand retweets but he does it every single week like it's just I don't know I think we're gonna have to go to a break because it's depressing <laughs> <laughs> it's just depressing the, the is, discourse like, in this nation it's like Sky know that this is this is what's gonna get them viewers this is yeah. it's why they it's why they employ, employ Graham Sooness it's why they employ Patrice Everest why they employ Roy Keane because they know that every single time there's a game on, you're going to get a clip on Twitter, something outrageous which has been said for them. Yeah, I agree. I think um, to 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 be honest, and I'm and I'm I'm going to reference of I I personally tweeted um, after after the Tottenham game that Graham Sooner should be sacked because he was openly racist on air, and I think. That I mean, like the fact that like nothing. I think I think they briefly apologized uh, mm. on the day, um, but nothing else has been done after. And I think that that perfectly that's perfectly in line with what you were saying about how you know clicks is the the the, the form of currency for mm. for punditry at the moment. Now it's where how can I what 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 can we what can we sensationalize and and the it, Sky Sports didn't have to do it. They were never going to tweet that that um, the thing that that Suna said about Latin culture, um, but it got tweeted by so many people. The clip was recorded by so many people and shared anyways. 
So that's it. They've got their viewership now. So they're not, obviously they're not going to share the clip, but enough people have already seen it. So, so they've got their engagement from other people. Mm. So, and, and the fact that nothing's been done, nothing's been done about it. And, and it was open racism. There's nothing I can, there's nothing more I can, I can really say about it. Um, I think, yeah, if you're not going to do anything about it, then fine. That, but that's, that's the, the standard that you're, you're, uh, that, that you're living up to. And I think it's, it's piss poor from them. Mm. Yeah, no, I agreed. Let's go to a podcast for your analysis, man. Hello, welcome back to part three. Um, going to talk a little bit about the international break or the lack of an international break might be a, a better phrase for some of our players. Um, yeah, we were just chatting about it off, off air and potentially this international break could be a bit of a blessing in disguise. I say that with my fingers crossed that Regalon um, and Kane don't get injured and uh, some of our other players away on international duty. But I think part of the beauty of this weird enforced international break is that we have Bale not going away, Ndombele not going away, Deli Ali not going away, um, Eric Dyer, but Eric Dyer is away. He just didn't play, the, did he? Yeah. But Soko's not gone. Morris is gone. Vinicius. Gone. Yeah, Vinicius, Son. yeah. Son not going. Yeah, Did he not get in the squad? That's a bit harsh because I think he's been playing quite well. But he's only um, played two games, to be fair. Yeah, I suppose so. But but nonetheless, it's allowed particularly Gareth Bale, who still could be the jewel in our crown. We don't know how good he's going to be. Um, everyone knows that on his day, Gareth Bale is one of the best players in the world. It's basically allowed him a sort of very short preseason with a lot of the squad. Um, yeah, how do, you, how do you guys see this? Um, yeah, you. I think the term you used is perfect. I think, yeah, fingers crossed. It is basically a blessing in disguise because Mourinho can work with him as well. It's like uh, everyone's there apart from, um, you know, um, apart from the few players, few senior players like Lloris, Kane, uh, Reguilon, Ben Davies. They're kind of like the veterans, like who are always going to get called up. Um, essentially, that you know the 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 the, the international captains because uh, Oreo's gone as well. We've got so many captains in our team, bro. It's insane. Didn't realize uh, Oreo was a captain. Yeah, like he's yeah. Ivory Coast. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, I think, yeah, like you said, it's a blessing in disguise because so much of our squad is still at Hotspur Way. So, um, I think it's a great time to kind of. Uh, work on things, um, get everyone up to like peak match fitness. Um, I think there's a bit of jiggery pokery going on for sure. Um, mm. with Mourinho, I think he's like, I think he's like, been like, if you can pull out, pull out. Um, uh, I've said that very a lot of times myself. Um, but um, why <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, am I imagining you giving yourself a pep talk before <laughs> whatever it is that you do? If you can, why are you giving yourself that leeway? (laughs) (laughs) If you um, can't, then fuck it. I'll have a kid in it. (laughs) (laughs) um, I think, um, yeah, I think we've got a lot of opportunity to work with our team and, yeah, just make sure that they're they're fit and ready to go. And uh, I think not only the players that are been at the club but like the players that have gone still especially in the England side um, 
I think Mourinho either's, you know, twisted, twist, twist, um, twist some. Uh, Gary yeah. Southgate's arm. Yeah, Harry, couple. Harry. Uh, no, it's my friend Gary. My friend Gary. Uh, <laughs> that's what you called him. Um, so I think yeah, he's done a little bit, a little bit of that because um, both Dyer and Kane weren't even in the squad the other day, which is it. It was beautiful when I saw the squad. Mm. I was like, yeah, I was not expecting. They that. played the next game like they haven't played any other minutes aside from that. And and in my opinion, that will just mean that they're like more match fit. Do you know what I mean? That the the match sharpness goes up. Um, so yeah, I think it's it could hopefully just like the period just gone by where surprisingly we had no no injuries over that that crazy period where we played seven games in like two weeks. And I think yeah, I think it could be potentially just really good for Spurs. For for like teams like United in the back end of that six one like it's the worst mm. possible time to get in Sanford, yeah. right? but mm. for Spurs it's the the best time. So I don't know what you guys think. Her uh, or yeah, no, I, I agree. It's I agree good. with it. To be honest, yeah, yeah. No, I think that that pretty much covers it. Um, <laughs> yeah, you put it perfectly. Do, do you know what? Oh, wait, I do want to do want to pose this question though, and I think um, we actually did kind of. Um, mentioned this before going toward into the international break. Do you reckon mm. that they could play DCR and Kane together? Mm. I'll leave that one to Jed, I think. Uh, I think it's tough. I think it's tough to do so. Um, I, d- I don't even really want to begin to think of how how you fit them in and what sort of system you play to fit them in. Um, Brexit football, 4 4 2, why not? Oh my god! No. Oh. <laughs> Sancho at uh, right mid. Who? Oh, Star- Harvey Barnes left mid. Oh, yeah, Harvey <laughs> Barnes is techie. Don't Harvey Barnes is such techers. Don't get it twisted. Uh, <laughs> listen, what you with want, a name like Harvey that. Barnes, like he just he's just average in my head. I know he's good, but still, like if you're, go- if you're gonna do the four four two, you gotta have Dwight McNeil left mid. Oh my um, god. Four- for sure, and then you've got to have who right mid? Who can you have? Hey, right Trippier mid? right mid. Yeah, yeah. Trippier right <laughs> mid. One Basaka behind him. One Basaka. Oh, no. oh no! Yeah. yeah. Chil- Chilwell left back, surely. Surely, nice. of course, of course. Or well, maybe, maybe, maybe call up Danny Rose. Oh, no chance. No Yikes. chance. Yikes! Not Brexit. Um, then you just play like, just play Dyer and Rice in midfield. Easy. Oh, that's <laughs> your horrible your head hurts, bro. I can oh. see Absolutely. No, but pain. but uh, I mean, yeah, we were going to cover it today. We're not going to do it because we don't have enough time. But it's basically been a year since we launched this podcast, and um, one of our early podcasts, which I I remember, um, resonated well with people, was us saying how little we gave a shit about the international break. Mm. Um, I don't know how much of a popular opinion. That is maybe it's just the type the type of person that tunes in to listen, but yeah, like like you you, you talk about can we pair Calvert Lewin and Harry Kane, and my instant reaction is I don't care. I knew it. I knew like, it. <laughs> I it just it doesn't exist to me. It, it the reason that I cheer England on at the Euros and the World Cup is because there's no other football. If Spurs were still playing in that period, then do you think I would even watch one of the games? I would just Maybe, pretend yeah. it doesn't exist. So, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Did do, do you guys like it? International football. International football has no stake in like. I was just talking. I was I was in B and Q. My bad. Um. So you know, proper Brexit vibes. And um, <laughs> and uh, and I was just. Oh, we were in the queue, and I was just. Why, like, why is B and Q Brexit? It's a, <laughs> shop, uh, it's a shop that sells paint. It's what it is, man. It's what it is. Construction is Brexit to me. I don't know why. <laughs> nah, surely that's it's stuff like Selco. Wix. Yeah, yeah. Selco, Wix. Wix. Screwfix. Yeah. Screwfix for sure, because they, they sponsor yeah. England. So yeah. My I'll dad loves that. Screwfix, man. He's always... All the TalkSport adverts. All the TalkSport adverts. Yeah. Yeah, dude. You can't, you can't fucking escape him. I, I I don't know what Screwfix have done with their like if they're working with Cambridge Analytica or something, but my dad is always clicking on stuff from them and and just randomly buying shit for the shed. I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't know if you like one day get to he's living in Philip's head rent free. <laughs> Mate, we've renovated the shed. I've had to help him renovate the shed roof like three times. <laughs> it's a passion project, bro. And did Screwfix come in handy then? Surely there's a few tools that... They gave me uh, cuts, surely. Yeah. Bare screws, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tarpaulin. Yeah. Um, planks of wood. There you go, then. There I you mean, go. Come on. No wonder why Philip loves it so much. Come on. <laughs> inject yeah. it. That's what, that's what your dad's saying whenever he sees the adverts. Like, inject it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was, just talking, I was just talking to my dad. I was like, with with the whole like this, the situation between Gareth and Jose and the fact that Kane and Dyer both didn't play a single minute of football the other day, I was thinking, like for for a player, like I get the for a player, I think for them it's more about the um, pride to play that like, represent your country. But I think their loyalties do genuinely genuinely lie with their clubs. I think. Mm. Cool. Players, but they put the food on the table through injury. Exactly, in terms of their, their, that's their employer. Like you, you like may do things on on the side as like a passion thing, or maybe to do like for your for your own like for your own enjoyment. But you're employed by your employer to do things. So like mm. your loyalties lie at the end of the day with your employer, and I think players play through pain and injury for their clubs, but I don't think they would do it for the international. But yeah. I think their loyalty in the end lies with the club that employs them. Yeah. So, you know, the, your apathy towards uh, inter- the international team is it's probably just like um, the di- that dichotomy between international and club football anyway. It's like, if club football's on, that's all that matters. International mm-hmm. football is just your piece on the side. It's, the side, it's, a, it's a side hope, really. Yeah, and ultimately, the only reason you play for your country is because of your club, anyway. Um, why is Dali Ali not in the England squad? Because he's not playing for his club at the moment. He's not playing mm. well for his club, so that that basically shows it, really. Um, but any, I, I just wanted to say anyway that this this current international break, and I think all international breaks this season are an absolute fucking joke. Um, why why the why the hell teams are playing international friendlies? When this, when the fixture list is already congested as it is, um, they've gone away on international break. Some te- some teams are going to have to play three games in a week. Like it, it doesn't make any sense at all. And I, I saw yesterday that like um, a team Andorra are playing someone like Cape Verde. Like we're in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> as well. Like why are you making 
making these players travel halfway mm. across the fucking world to go go and play a meaningless international friendly. It's 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 stupid. And then you've got Nations League games. Like, okay, I get that some of them you need to do because obviously you've got to have the, the Euro qualifiers and whatever. Um, that's fine. Do those. But why are we doing Nations League now? Why why do we need to do that? This shit, it, it, mm. it, it's, it's senseless to me. Yeah, they should have allowed the Nations League this season for sure. Mm. It's, it's senseless. Who are England playing? Do you guys even know? <laughs> no. Belgium. Oh, Belgium and... Oh, we're playing another game. We're playing three there's, games. There's three, yeah. There's three. Yeah. Oh my god, that's what, what I'm saying. That's what uh, I'm De- saying. Denmark, I think, are in our group, aren't they? Yeah, that's it. Denmark. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> terrible. Um, but yeah, Just... I, I guess that's a that's a good place to end it. Um, hopefully, when we rejoin you on the other side, um, when we're once again safely in it, safely in your, What am I talking about? This is. Sorry, I, this is just terrible. This is terrible. It's the international break is just it's throwing me off balance. Um, international break or the when? Both, I think, <laughs> <laughs> and a bit of and a bit of rage um, at the international break. But uh, but yeah, hopefully this time next week, no injuries, we can preview the West Ham game in peace. Mm. And, uh, El Diablo and vibe. El Diablo and vibes, indeed, indeed. Yeah. But yeah, um, thanks for listening. Um, give us a five star review on uh, on Apple and give us a follow on Spotify and uh, give us a follow on our socials at Enzman Pod. Um, thanks for listening. I've been Cosmo. I've been joined by Jed. Thank you. And I've been joined by Eddie. Nice. Oh, yeah. Doesn't he's too cool to say goodbye. <laughs> No, I'm not. It's my unstable connection. Yeah, my, yeah, yeah. You just waved. You waved for knowing that this is an audio platform. There was, there was also an, a noise that came out of my mouth. You just didn't hear it.